0: and thanks for coming back today's episode is on chris columbus's holiday staple home alone as always you don't have to watch the movie in order to listen to the episode but we always recommend it as we will never stray away from spoilers so let's just get rolling i'm your host audrey and i'm your co-host sheree so sit back relax and please don't silence your phone while we check your cinematic pulse Forget who you are for a second. No,
1: you're oh, lag. You lag behind, Bro,
0: it lagged so much. Like, let me tell you how much it lagged. It literally went. I'm your host, Audrey. And I'm your co-host, Sheree. That's what it sounds like for me. That was the lag. I me. wait
1: when I I wait for you. I say my name, and there's about a three second lag where it's like, so sit back, relax, and I'm I, like, <laughs> it, that's what it sounds like I for promise, me. Promise, I promise, I'm not a moron, and I'm like, I oh, know no, you're not recording. I know you're not. <laughs> This movie came out in 1990. Good grief, it's a little I movie. I know. Um,
0: literally, we're watch- uh, I had Wes watch it with me last night, and just like the the little things that just reminded me that oh my gosh, this was made in
1: 1990 were tell me, tell me like, why it was the lights, gut punches. The what? The lights. Oh no. I'm okay, getting- elaborate. I'm gonna-, I'm gonna talk about the light. The lights in this film. Some of the sconces are just really You know really I hot. didn't notice
0: this. I'm
1: sorry. I'm done. <laughs> no, tell me. What are you talking about? Some of the sconces, some of the light sconces in the house are just really hot. Like, they're bright. Um, the one on the outside. it was on a soundstage. I know. I know. And that's why, it, that's exactly correct. And that's why I let it go. <laughs> I also let it go because it's I know the that. 90s.
0: Yeah, that that is also the soft filter over the entire film all 1985. Mhm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But but I mean, I feel like that was done to pay homage to the actors that were cast in this movie, which PSA for everyone wondering, the original correct pronunciation of that word is homage, not homage. It's not like du fromage of cheese. All right. I'm sorry. It bothers me. <laughs> Laughed at that all over again when I re-listened <laughs> to our episode all over again. I need it on a sweatshirt.
1: Oh, that's that should be our merch.
0: Oh, uh, like like really though, just a bunch of inside jokes from Cinematic Pulse. That's mm-hmm. what our merch line should be.
1: Oh, I, but then no one will
0: get it. I'm gonna be like, why does your sweatshirt say "deter"? Look them dead in the eyes and Dieter? say, "It's Deter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right, let's talk about this movie. Uh, we were talking about the movie. We were, were. Talking about let's the talk more about
1: the sconces,
0: which I was looking at the set for this movie, and and they okay, hold on, rewind. So they did film a good chunk of it at a physical house in mm-hmm. Winnetka, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the house's address is the address that Kevin gives in the movie. Which by the is way.
1: crazy. I cannot believe they kept the Isn't real address. That
0: bananas? To that being me?
1: said, you'd be able to find it anyway if you went around that neighborhood enough. It's a real house. It's no different than I mean, the, the house in Roseanne. Yeah. That house is like in my hometown, I think.
0: Yeah. And that's just, that was one of the things that to me just marked this as very dated, as a very dated production. Mm-hmm. Because nowadays, like, you would
1: never do that. Never. No. I didn't mind it, though. Like, honestly, I like that they're like, hey, this is a mid, this is a Midwest town. It's Chicago. It feels like it's Chicago. It feels like a Chicago suburb.
0: It really does. I mean, it is. It is a-, a totally normal Chicago neighborhood. It's not a set by any means that is a real house. People own it now. They've turned it into, like, a museum, I think. Um, but they didn't even use the entirety of the house for filming. They used, like, that stairway, the front landing um And then like the kitchen and dining area, but that was it. All of the other rooms were um were built on a soundstage,
1: because they would have to be, because the yeah. set is a booby trap.
0: Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, the set literally is a booby trap. That's the literally. whole point of the movie. It's the whole point of the movie. It's the whole point. So, okay, hold on. Quick summary of this film for those mm-hmm. of you who haven't seen it, question mark. Uh, oh, we were talking about things that make, the, that make this movie dated, and I want to go back to that for sure. Okay. Um, okay, summary of this film. Through a series of mishaps, Kevin McAllister accidentally gets left at home when his family leaves for a Christmas vacation to Paris. The result is 103 minutes of holiday hijinks where our main character learns the valuable lessons of bravery, humility, and the importance of family in this Christmas cinematic classic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. And cut. Same. And
0: cut. Um, so we were talking about things that make this movie dated because I wrote down a couple of them. Um, One of them was when Kevin goes to the grocery store to buy his groceries when he runs out of stuff. Um, The lady rings everything up and says, okay, your total is 1983. <laughs> and Wes and I both went, huh? <laughs>
1: Twenty bucks for all I that. Can't. I can't. That today I would can't. be doubled or tripled.
0: Exactly. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh my gosh! It, like based on what he got, based on what he got, you're probably looking
1: at a hundred, a hundred and twenty dollars. The fabric on what softener alone would have been fifteen dollars at exactly. minimum. But that's yeah, also that what makes this. That also makes this dated because no one uses fabric softener anymore. It's a scam i use fabric softener it's a scam it's actually really bad my for clothes you your smell clothes. amazing it's though really bad for your washer psa don't buy fabric softener it's terrible for your washer and it does nothing yeah it's not great
0: for your washer it gets Ruined. lots of buildup you should definitely do rinse cycles on a complete side note we had to do a vinegar wash of our dishwasher recently because it got all gunky because our yeah. dishwasher is like 13 years old but Eesh. they can't replace it so what do you
1: mean they can't replace it
0: Because I live in an apartment complex and they don't have the budget to replace the whole machine. So if something breaks, they fix the part until their budget renews next year. Next year, I'm asking for a new washer for my maintenance department for Christmas. Okay. Okay. Uh, Okay, hold on. Other thing that made this movie super dated was the McAllister family waking up and going, We slept in! And rushing to the airport. They literally say... Our flight is in forty five minutes, and they make it.
1: No way. First in Chicago. Know, no way. Want to know why?
0: to know why they make it? Because TSA doesn't exist in nineteen ninety. They also
1: probably didn't go to O'Hare. They probably went to Midway.
0: They went to O'Hare. Want you to know how I know they went to O'Hare? They shot it at O'Hare. Get out. Of course, they had to go to. Uh, they had to go to O'Hare. O'Hare's the international airport. I don't know if Midway's international airport or not, but.
1: Yeah. 45 minutes? You wouldn't even be let into your gate after 45 minutes or be able to check bags. No. Well, no.
0: You could. You can't check a bag, though, because I I made a flight that left in 20 minutes when I got to the airport. (laughs) Long story, there was an overturned salmon truck and an overturned milk truck both on I-5 in Washington State. I said salmon because this story takes place in Washington State. Okay. So there was frozen milk and dead fish on the road. (laughs) Cute. And it shut down all of i5 for four hours.
1: Oh my God. So yeah,
0: I made my flight with 20 minutes to spare.
1: Wow, that's uh, impressive.
0: Yeah, but I didn't check a bag. I literally and I was TSA pre-check, so I literally ran through Seattle airport and barely made my flight by the literal skin of my teeth.
1: That is very. I never want to do that again. It was
0: horrifying. Um, so so be in yeah Seattle so I a few weeks. I, right. Um, it's actually not a it's not a bad airport. it's it's pretty navigable. Um, compared side note. to something like O'Hare <laughs> side, note, complete side note but oh no I was saying I recognize the airport they really shot those airport scenes at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago
1: I've been to O'Hare maybe three or four times and I could not recognize it but that's impressive I
0: did think. I recognized it immediately because oh my gosh the gate or not the gates but like the I can't even think of what they're called now but oh the concourses there we go the concourses at that airport are forever long and I recognized like, the arched ceiling because it 100% really is O'Hare Airport. And that was something that dated it for me, too, because I'm like, you would not, you would not be able to rent out O'Hare Airport now to film a movie. No way. Absolutely no not. No way. No. They have, they have, like, airport sets that you rent out and, and have your movie take place at. Or, or maybe your local airport that's, like, super small will let you
1: do it for an enormous amount of money.
0: But not O'Hare. Not, not anymore. O'Hare. There's, There's no, no way. way.
1: It's one of the, it's the busiest, this time of year, it's the busiest airport in the world.
0: Is it really? Because I, I was going to say, so. um, I looked that up and I think the the busiest airport is Denver. I, but at least, that might be different this time of year. I would totally buy that. Like Christmas season, I totally buy that O'Hare's the busiest.
1: Of 2021, I saw a TikTok that listed all the planes in and out of o'hare in november making it the busiest airport that month in the in the world i think if not the world oh, definitely go, the country
0: going by plane traffic alone mm-hmm. okay i could see that i don't know about like personnel slash like foot traffic or Oh not. no that no maybe.
1: no i don't know plane traffic alone yeah that be really cool buy. to watch the video of the planes coming in and out it was really neat to watch that it'd be so chaotic what also is crazy to me watching this film? that was for pointing out small little minute details. Yes, we love small details. They're in first class. I'm like, first class don't look like that no more. Nope. As someone who gets on a plane every week, yeah, no, nah, it's pretty small. Nah, maybe if you're flying Delta. <laughs> Dude, that's all I've been flying the last few weeks is Delta, and those mm-mm. the the they're nice sizes like you don't, you don't to get to go like through
0: first class when you board a delta plane if you're boarding like a big international delta flight they board you in like the middle of the plane and you have to turn left to get into first class at least well, that's how it was when i flew to korea so,
1: some of them yes depending on the size of the plane so some of them i walk straight through first class but yes t- the the ones i gotten on this week yes first class to the left and economy plus and comfort plus whatever they were all to the right you're correct mm-hmm. yeah
0: Yeah, no, when I usually, if I ever bump myself up to first class, it's on, like, Alaska Airlines, and it's, um, you get free food. That's it. (laughs) That's it. You get, you get free food and two free check bags, and so if you pay attention enough, it is totally worth it to pay for the first class upgrade, because you would have paid for your bags anyway.
1: And you get free food. Huh, that's good to know when I go there in a few weeks. Mm-hmm.
0: I've talked about that before. My, um, The best omelet, hands down, I've ever had was an in-fly omelet <laughs> on Alaska Airlines. That seems impossible. Best omelet I've ever had. There was goat cheese in it, Cherie. There was goat you cheese and little tiny roasted purple potatoes.
1: I hope you guys are enjoying this very enthusiastic and enlightening discussion on Home Alone. Yeah, it's like
0: 60% home alone at this point. Hey, it is relevant to the movie. It's relevant to this time of year,
1: too.
0: I wondered when I was watching the movie, I'm like, they did not, like, how did they do this? If they, like, they could not have rented out O'Hare Airport. They did. They rented out O'Hare Airport for those scenes. But then every time the family, the McAllister family is seen in an airport, it's just O'Hare again. Like, when they land in Paris, it's just O'Hare again. Um, when yeah. she flies back and she's in, what they say? Oh, there's Scranton. She lands in Pennsylvania, Scram, and yep. she's in Scranton. And she's just at O'Hare again. You can see the arches of the concourse in the background. So, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, fun fact of the day. Good to know. Now Didn't know that. know that. I made myself hungry. We were talking about Noki before we started recording. Mm,
1: food. I ate food recording. Good for you. <laughs> good for you
0: i did not i am gonna need to eat after we finish recording i'm currently depending on this coffee to keep my stomach from rumbling (laughs) you know like someone with adhd okay let's talk about the movie let's
1: talk about the movie more let's see hey
0: what were your first impressions of this
1: movie i could not tell you what my first impressions of this film were because i don't remember them um i will say though some of my favorite memories of christmas time are watching this film with various people like In my group home, um, you're not supposed to have favorites, but I have a favorite resident. He loved (laughs) Home Alone. It's not like they're your kids. It's fine. He loved Home Alone. So every time I watch this film, I think about him crying at the end when Kevin and his mom are reunited and he's just sitting next to me on the couch. He's like, ugh. Oh. I, I think of the memory all oh the time because he's, he's like doing like a little tiny little clap when they get reunited. It's not like he hadn't seen the film before either. It just makes him very emotional.
0: Just still moves him. Um, mm-hmm. I get it. And the way it. he There's felt. There's still things that I cry at every time. And
1: yeah. the way he felt with, you know, Kevin and his mom reuniting is high felt about Murphy and his son reuniting. It, it's, it just gets Same. you right Same. That's there what made the, me cry, man. Right in the heartstrings every time. Mm-hmm. But, um, Plucks them
0: heartstrings every time.
1: It's one of those films where... No matter how many times you watch it, you know what's gonna happen. You know the whole film, backwards and forward. But there's something about movies in Christmas time where they just give you a little extra, like, holiday cheer is so cheesy but it, it makes it but it is though it's it is. holiday
0: cheer it makes everything a little warmer and a little
1: softer and a little more comfier you know what i mean you just because here's the thing relaxed. like
0: it's it's a movie but you also have these it's like a comfort food but a movie you have that is an excellent way to describe
1: it it's a as- comfort food as- associated comfort with movie, the yes. consumption
0: of this film mm-hmm. you know like, you remember spending quality time with your family and eating your mom's cooking and going through all of your Christmas candy and, like, that kind of thing. Like, you have happy memories generally associated with the time of year that you're watching these kinds of movies. So, yeah, you would get the warm fuzzies inside. I do, personally. Like I feel when I open a fresh bag of chips. <laughs> I'm um, not addicted my... to food. It's fine.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, one of my favorite things is watching this film with my mom every year because she just loves the wet bandits. She thinks they're hilarious. <laughs> So watching it with they her are. and just laughing when she with her because uh it just it's just contagious and then my mom and I would just you love together. You love it when people together. laugh. Oh, I love people laughing, mom. but it, I love when laughter becomes contagious because it's just the laughter itself is funny.
0: Mm-hmm. I, so that's why I, like I love that, watching this with because we'll just when we'll you just start s- crying. Oh, it's like that challenge when you have, like, a sleepover with your friends and you put your head on somebody else's stomach and you all just put your head on each other's stomach and then just start laughing and then it just turns into a whole chain of laughter that it's Is that feeling. Is this something I've never done laughing. in my life? <gasps> you've never done that? Oh, we're going to have to do that. So. We'll, we'll bring Wes in because so we can have, like, an actual chain. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No, it's like a thing. You just like you, you put like your head on someone's stomach and then like the other person puts their head on your stomach and you kind of just like lay in this awkward little geometric shape. That's and then so one funny. person gives like a little belly laugh, like a fake belly laugh. And then it pushes the other person's head <laughs> up. This is hilarious trying to describe this on a podcast, like visually. I visually, and then, I'm a
1: visual learner, so I'm getting it.
0: So, like, then the second person does, like, another double belly laugh and it pushes the third person's head up and you're supposed to keep going and adding on to the laugh every time, even if it's fake. But eventually what winds up happening is you all start just dying with, like, big belly laughter. I love and that. I don't know why it's some psychological thing like yawning, but it's so funny and we're going to have to try it and it just makes you happy inside. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's like a sleepover staple, man. I can't believe you've never done this. Never. Let's have a sleepover.
1: Let's have a sleepover.
0: Uh, um, okay, so I'm gonna tell you this. Don't don't kill me. Um Uh-oh. I did not grow up watching Home Alone. That's okay. I I even asked my mom. I texted my mom today because I'm like Cherie's gonna ask if I say this out loud. I'm like, Mom, was I like not allowed to watch Home Alone as a kid? Why didn't I grow up watching Home Alone? And she texted me back, she's like, I don't know, I didn't have a problem with it. I don't know why you didn't watch Home Alone and I'm like So, well, so you're just unAmerican. Man, I guess. I don't know what happened. Blame my parents. I wasn't even old enough to buy VHSs. I was born in 93. I'm not
1: blaming your parents. Mm,
0: I will. I blame my mom. My mom didn't let me watch a lot of stuff. Hi, mom. (laughs) Anytime someone's like, you haven't seen that, my default answer is, I don't know, my mom wouldn't let me watch it when I was a kid.
1: Oh, you're terrible.
0: (laughs) Which is, like, honestly, probably 75% true for most stuff. And then, like, when I got older, I just, like, it had already aged out of when I would have been interested in it or when it came out. And so I just never really had the drive to go back and rewatch all the movies. I wouldn't have been allowed to watch as a kid.
1: I don't know. I really can't remember the first time I saw this film. I know I had to be a kid, but it was made before you were born. Right. It's still one of those staples where you just, it's just part of your life the same way, you know, any of the Christmas films we watch, any of the Halloween films we watch, anything that is related to something you watch yearly because of a holiday, you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. We just never really watched it. I know my aunt loved it and my cousins watched it, but I never, I think I might've watched it as a kid, but I remember distinctly sitting down to watch it for the first time. Once I was married to Wes, he, he made sure wow. that I watched Home Alone. So the first like real time I sat down to watch it and knew what was going on was just a couple of years ago.
1: Wow. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: It's really weird watching it exclusively as an adult because as Wes said, being an adult is realizing that Kevin was a little snot the whole movie.
1: Dude, that was actually one of my questions. We'll get to it though after we're done with our, you know, first half of the the first half of the podcast discussion <laughs> points. With the
0: professional stuff. hmm Yeah. So it was really weird. I'm watching this movie and I'm like, man, this kid would have gotten bent over someone's knee and probably should have been. And we're watching this movie, like, this kid didn't get spanked enough. He's so mouthy dude the
1: whole family trash trash i yeah, literally said had way too much attitude my I, what my second question for you today was gonna be which family members the worst and why is it uncle frank uh what do you think of this family bruh. in general bruh
0: here's the thing um the mom um catherine O'Hara, is an absolute angel mm-hmm. she's is, great like, the dad's thing. not she that is bad the- either he's not he's not terrible. He's just kind of like he's a, a, he's a Wesley kind of character to me. Yeah. He's like, she's, she's freaking out about something on the plane. She feels like she's forgotten something. She feels like she forgot to do something. And he just wants her to stop freaking out. So he's like, what? She's like, did you remember to do this? Did you remember to do this? And she goes, you remember to close the garage doors? And he remembers that he didn't close the garage doors. And he goes, you know what? That's it. I didn't close the garage doors. Because he wants her to just stop freaking out so right. he can enjoy his vacation. Which is,
1: <laughs> is kind of cute, but also like Help me figure out the problem. Don't try to, you know. Make- literally,
0: that is my entire marriage. Someone call out my husband. <laughs> I'm literally like he just upset wants about you something. To feel my better. husband is like, Audrey, it's fine. No, he wants me to stop bothering him. That's what he wants.
1: <laughs> you said it, not me.
0: Oh, someone call out my husband. He's a butthead sometimes. Um, I love him. I love you, Leslie. you're listening. Um. So yeah, did not grow up on this movie, and watching it as an adult, I'm like, bruh, that kid,
1: (laughs) no wonder he got left at home alone. All of them. Oh my gosh. The whole family. Oh yeah, you were asking me
0: who, like, what you think of the whole family. That's what I was going to say. Who's the worst member? The mom
1: is an angel. Um, Mm. Speaking mm, of which, hold on, I want to say this real quick, side note. Macaulay Culkin won his or won. He got his Hollywood star of fame this weekend, and uh, Catherine O'Hara was there to celebrate.
0: Wait, 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 wait! He got his. You said he got his star on the Walk of Fame. Uh huh. That's awesome. He got
1: it, and Catherine O'Hara was part of the ceremony.
0: Mm. Do you know he still
1: calls her mom? That's the actor so still calls her cute. mom.
0: So cute. Isn't that
1: adorable? I love that. And yeah, sorry, continue. Yeah, just so wanted cute. to point that out because um, what a per- perfect timing that we're talking about this film and he just got his um, Hollywood star fame. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I think probably like the, the worst person, I mean, obviously Uncle Frank is terrible. Awful. And he's supposed to be written terribly. Right. He's supposed to be written terribly.
1: When um, he said, if it makes you feel any better, I I've l- I left my I reading glasses. My glasses. I forgot my glasses. The immediate smack smack of the face I would have done. Like, come oh. on
0: like like it's t- it's almost tongue in- it's t- it is tongue in cheek because it's supposed to be written that badly mm-hmm. um the most realistic character that's that bad i feel like is probably buzz ugh because i like he's just like he's the bully older brother who just like never misses an opportunity to make kevin personally feel bad if- like he, I... comes in, he comes in being a snot and is like, did anybody remember to get me an only cheese pizza? And he just turns around and is like, we did, but you weren't fast enough, so we ate it all, doofus.
1: Dude, as a parent, if my kid did that to my little kid, Big Kid's grounded. Big Kid is grounded. Like, why would you go out of your way to make of the little sibling miserable? That's horrible. That is... That is siblingdom
0: for sure. Except I had the reverse dynamic. My sister kind of wound up being the older sibling, and we did not get along. Even though she's the middle child, she had middle child syndrome. We did not get along growing up. We get along now, just fine, obviously because we're adults. But yeah, did not get along growing up, and we fought exactly
1: like that. It is my so, brother.
0: It was would... like hilariously realistic, except no my... one had a tarantula. <laughs>
1: My brothers would occasionally, like, lick food and stuff, and that's why I'm, like, oddly territorial of my food and snacks. It's weird. I can't help it.
0: That's such a brother thing. Here's the thing, and I think this is probably what you're missing out on, is you didn't have a sister growing up. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, uh, it's, it's like, I mean, I I got I hate to say this, but, like, grew up in the 90s, so, like, it was a very gendered approach to siblingdom, mm-hmm. I feel like. <laughs> and said, so like my, my girls parents... fought like cats and dogs and and boys fought like cats and dogs and they had their own way of picking on each other completely
1: unbearably but like my brothers would never go to that extreme like my parents would correct them or anything like that like in my oldest brother he just he he's so much older than us he wouldn't really do stuff like that but Aaron occasionally he would like I was like you are just the worst and now he's <laughs> you are sweetest. just the worst he's an angel <laughs>
0: Oh, My sister just stole my clothes growing up. Thankfully, uh... Is this therapy? The- do I need to, like, bill you? <laughs> uh,
1: I mean, you know, I do have a degree.
0: <laughs> it's true. <gasps> no, don't charge me. I love you.
1: Free of charge for you. I'll buy
0: you a Christmas present. You already did. I did. It hasn't shipped yet, though. I've been keeping an eye on it. That's fine. I bought Sharia a Christmas present, and I want everyone to ask her what it is.
1: Once my mom's it. like, when is it coming to my house? I'm like, I, I don't know. know.
0: I know. I checked on it this morning to see if it had shipped yet because I wanted to make sure to text your mom to let her know it was on its way. That's Because she doesn't want the porch pirates to get it, man. I already had a package stolen this year. I'd be upsetty spaghetti. By, by the wet bandits. <laughs> the wet bandits. They leave They wet downgraded from like burgling to just sort of like porch pirating. I'm so glad you said that word. What? Porch pirating?
1: What? Nope. Burgling. Burgling? Mm-hmm. I had a discussion with giggling. a dear friend in high school about the word burgle. She's like, that's not real. I'm like, yeah, it is. It is.
0: Yes, it is 100% a real. A, word. A real word. Where
1: do you think burglar she comes believes, from? She believes. Well, we, she, I convinced her. It didn't take very long to convince her, but she's like, I can't believe that's a real word. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't be a burglar without something to burgle. Are we done with the proper parts of our episode?
0: Can we talk about fun things? Talk about whatever you want, man. Everyone okay. just likes when we talk about stuff. We're just having like a general cinematic pulse episode vaguely centered around Home Alone. It'll come up as if you listen, I guess.
1: <laughs> all right. I've already asked you one question. What you got? Here's my second. If you okay. had been left Home Alone in the second grade in the same way Kevin was, how would you have responded? Realistically, how would you have responded? Okay, hold on. Let me think about this.
0: Second grade? Oh, yeah. He is eight. Um. All right. Hold on. Let me think about this. Where was I in second grade? We've moved around so much. Okay. Man, in second grade, we were living in Liston, and, man, I'd like to say that I would have, like, figured it out on my own. Um, I think I knew how to make, like, toaster strudels at that point, so I think I could have, like, foraged for sustenance. I would not have been able to walk my butt to the corner store or anything, mostly because we didn't have one in Liston at the time. We had a we had the dairy bar. There's a dairy bar in Liston where you can get ice cream. So I could have lived off of ice cream until my family
1: came back. I knew how to get there on my bike. Um, Your answer is blowing my mind because it's so very different from what I would say.
0: I. I think I probably have like mildly too much faith in myself, but. Like, did I tell you about this? Like there was this No, I told Wesley about this. There was this time when like my grandpa had to take me home from school and my grandparents really pushed me to be as independent as possible from a young as young an age as possible, mm-hmm. which I feel like is kind of it's like a dated approach to parenting. They did it to my my dad and my uncle and they are very independent. Um and when my grandpa picked me up from school, this man acted like he didn't know how to get to my house, and that I needed to know how to get to my house, which to, like, Hmm. seven-year-old, like, six- or seven-year-old me was absolutely terrifying, and I was convinced that if I did not recognize a landmark, we were going to keep driving for
1: forever until we died. That's, okay, funnily enough, my dad (laughs) did something similar, but he, he, What my dad, my dad was such like, he, education was such a big deal to him. He would teach, he taught me everything. So Mm -hmm. he'd also be like, we'd be at his work, right? And he'd be like, Sheree, where do I go next, left or right? And he'd see if I could remember. If I didn't, it wasn't a big deal. But it, as if I would ever need to find my way home from where he worked to our house. But he just wanted to see if I was paying attention to my surroundings. And of course, Mm -hmm. I knew most of the way home because it was only... Only so many streets we would go down to get home. But, um, but I still. mean, for anyone
0: wondering, we did not, my grandpa and I did not drive around until we died. Um, I recognized a grain silo at some point, which is the most Indiana thing I could possibly say. And you mean corn? Uh, I was like, no, like I I don't know, it was a grain silo. No, I it's know. that. It's one
1: of, it, it's a very Indiana thing to say. Grain silo, corn, Hoosier, all synonymous with the state. Right? Like it was just one of
0: those big, like, pointed dome grain silo kind of things. Like mm. not the tall, skinny one that looks like a rook. Like it was just a, a the I don't know, I don't know. It looks like a yurt with a with a point. It looks like a yurt, that's what it looks like. What is a yurt? <laughs> Google it. Google yurt. Y U R T yurt. It's a type of tent.
1: I feel like you're making stuff up at this point, deter. <laughs> I burgle your yurt. A yurt? You looking it up? Yeah, I'm looking it up. Oh.
0: That's weird. Yeah, it's like a weird circular tent with a hole in the center. I don't hate it. It looks fun. I wanna Mm -hmm. hear right. It'd be great for like group camping. Anyway, I recognized a grain silo and was like, Oh, I live near that. And so my grandpa took that exit. Obviously he knew where he was going. But I felt like I had saved the absolute day
1: and I was not going to be in the car with my grandpa until the
0: end of time. Um interesting.
1: I 100 uh, would have called 911. And be like, where the heck are my parents? Find them. I ain't <laughs> oh gonna be a home gosh. alone. Oh my gosh! Oh, because not that's in my they... neighborhood
0: so, of childhood. This is so. I'm so glad that you brought this up back back on the podcast. Um, John Hughes, like Chris Chris Columbus, I guess, was talking about how like most. Mothers at the time were just steadfastly against the concept that they could ever possibly leave their child at home mm-hmm. like this family did. They were like, "It's it's not possible. There's no way it would happen." Um, and and so John Hughes, who wrote the the this movie, went out of his way to fill every gap and close every loophole to make this story seem. As plausible as you could possibly make it under the circumstances. And that was one of the things that I noticed is that the phone lines get knocked out. Mm -hmm. And they literally tell the mom as she's leaving, like, hey, the phone lines are still down. They're going to be down for a couple of days. And she's like, it's fine. We're going to Paris. But then, like, that's why Kevin can't call 911 or anything. Because the phones are down. And I'm like, that is such a good, like, plot loophole closure there were so many things like that. I, I pointed one out to Wes last night that he'd never even noticed before, and he's seen this movie like a million times. They And then there's, there's no scene showing this, but they explain why when they got to the airport, no one noticed that Kevin was missing at the airport. They make it look like everyone's just rushing, rushing through, and they get to the gate, and they just rush onto the plane, and so they just assume that everyone's there. Right. And the parents are sitting in first class, so they're not tracking where all the kids are. But there's an extra layer to it when they have that incident where the milk gets spilled and everyone's having pizza the night before the trip. His passport gets thrown out. His passport and his plane ticket Mm. get thrown in the trash. So when they're going through them the next day, they would have handed out all the passports and plane tickets and everybody would have had theirs and they wouldn't have had Kevin so they wouldn't even have thought twice about it. Right. You know, and you got eleven kids to corral and four adults. So, like, yeah, if you're missing a passport, you're just gonna go. No, I must have gotten it. Like, she's not even thinking about it because all your kids or someone must be grabbed there, or the it, oldest right. kid. Did a head count. There's so right, many exactly. people who could
1: possibly grab it. You don't think you just trust,
0: right? And it was just like little things like that. And I'm like, wow, that was some pretty good attention to detail and putting putting Kevin up in a bedroom that he doesn't normally sleep in with no one else up there. So they didn't think to go grab him because no one else was sleeping up there either. You know, they did a pretty darn good job of covering all the writing bases to make it so that, like, nope, Kevin really was stuck at home alone. Like, hand hand to God, honestly stuck at home. Oops. (laughs) Real, real accident. Oops. Just, (gasps) Kevin! I love that she just knew it was Kevin
1: without knowing. Like, it's not like she went back to economy and was like, is Kevin back here? No, she's just sitting in her chair. She goes, Kevin! She mm-hmm. knew it was Kevin. Yeah, because it's Somehow. that it's
0: that mom radar right. of like, oh my gosh, I just put everything together, all the puzzle pieces. I've not seen my child's place. face today. Right, and le- and and he was up in a room all by himself. I didn't make sure I put him up there so and didn't let anybody sleep up there with him. Right, and I didn't have anybody go wake him up because we were all rushing around. And oh my gosh, I forgot my kid. <laughs> Oops. Oh. Um. So yeah, I um thinking about like writers and producers and everything. I didn't know Chris Columbus directed this movie.
1: Yeah, it's got. I feel like it's got Chris Columbusisms all over it. Doesn't it
0: though? I literally thought the exact same thing. I was like, how does this feel like it's in the Harry Potter universe, but not in the Harry Potter universe? Uh, my final note. Does it not note, feel
1: like that? My final note on this movie was: Chris Columbus is the king of making family-friendly, likable films.
0: Yes, it's literally literally my last note on this film. He had a a bit of a downfall for me when he botched Percy Jackson. But um, thankfully, I never got into those. It was heartbreaking. It was really bad. Um, Granted, he—I don't think he wrote the screenplay. I'd have to look up who wrote the screenplay, but he did direct it, and it could have been good, but it was not. So, but I'll just, I'll count that as, like, I'll count that as, like, the professor knocking off your lowest test grade at the end of the semester, if that's what I count that for Chris Columbus. We'll just knock
1: off the Percy Jackson movies. Anytime you have Chris Columbus and John Williams together, you know it's going to be a family-friendly film of some sort. And it always feels comfy. The movie always feels comfy.
0: Oh, it really is. John Williams did an excellent job with this soundtrack. I was looking at the soundtrack last night as I was, like, listening to it, and he seamlessly wove in some iconic Christmas like holiday music tunes like mm-hmm. like melodies into his own soundtrack what and so mean? but like didn't didn't make them overt so like there was this one song that had like a very familiar melody in it but then it went into his own like John Williams score oh, and I'm like like oh, at the beginning. This is- well, so the one I'm specifically talking about is at the end, and I was sitting there humming, and I'm like, "Why does this sound so familiar?" And I finished out the melody that was that had been woven into the score song, and I finally realized, like, "Oh my gosh, this is from the Nutcracker Suite."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he just like it's almost like sampling, but like the composer version of sampling. I love where it. He just though. like wrote his own version of a classic holiday riff, and then made a whole film score around it.
1: It's genius. It is, because he's John Williams.
0: Because he's John Williams, which apparently he wasn't even originally going to do the um, the score for this movie. with somebody else entirely, but that person had like a scheduling conflict, had to back out. And uh, Chris Columbus was like, maybe we can get John Williams. And they're like, no, there's no way we can get John Williams. We can't get John Williams. We can't get John Williams. And then they sent him the screenplay for the movie, and he said he was enchanted by it and delighted Whoa, to write the soundtrack. What a great word to use, enchanted. Like, for real, though, isn't it very enchanting? Mm-hmm. It, it is. is enchanting. Audrey, next question. That's what I mean.
1: Like, it feels like it takes place in the Harry Potter universe. What's your question? Next question. Um, what kind of booby traps would you set up in your own home to catch intruders if you had one or two hours to set up? Okay, so I'm thinking about this in context of... Because Kevin had exactly of... one hour. He had stuff in his house, but he had an hour to set up.
0: Okay, so I'm thinking about this in context of my, my current house. So first thing I would do is lay out all of our dog toys that still have squeakers in them. <laughs> okay. Because I would always hear them coming. <laughs> That'd be my little alarm bell. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one is less family friendly. Um, there's a a trick that I saw Bruce Willis do. So clearly this must be 100% infallible. I saw Bruce Willis <laughs> do this in, in red where he puts... Um, some bullets in a frying pan and turns on the stove, Um, which I believe this is correct. If you superheat bullets, they will fire. I'll have to double check this, but I would 100% do that just to have them fire and scare off my intruders, but they'd Mm -hmm. have to be 22s, otherwise they would totally go through the walls and the floor and hurt people in other apartments, because I live in an apartment complex and bullets go through walls. Yeah, so those would be my first two things, um, and other than that, nobody ever try to walk through my door because they will get unalived real quickly after they step on the dog toys. <laughs> You'll
1: hear them coming. Squeak! Uh-huh.
0: I'll, Squeak. Hear, I'll hear them coming. Yeah, exactly. Those would be the booby traps that I set, and then there'd be no more booby traps. There would just be
1: no more burglars. I um, The end. What would you do? <laughs> I'd get a frying pan and put a lot of hot oil in it. Ooh, there you go. Just
0: burn them with Hot coffee. I'm
1: not going to be nice about it. I don't have any, like, I I mean, I have some. Frying pans. Who knew, right? Who knew? Just whack. It also makes me Mm -hmm. think of um, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. So if anyone gets the grits joke, that also came to mind. Um, Oh,
0: I've never seen it. It's
1: so funny. But um, was it Diary of a Mad Black Woman or is that a different movie? Mm -hmm. I've never seen it that might or have been a different movie that whatever, was a diff. i uh, know what i think it's a different tyler perry film. film i don't think it's that one it's um it's a different one i can't remember which one it is though that uh, being tyler said Perry
0: films are criminally under in my household i have not seen a lot
1: of them they're hardly. funny the plays are funny too um no, but i movie. i would uh if i had two hours to prepare first to go to the store buy some cool things like, fireworks right. or some, something like that. No, the I fireworks that. Fire- is great. Can't do that. That's definitely um, not up to code in a
0: complex. Which reminds me, I would totally spend my time doing that thing where you say "I, I the, the Amazon Echo's name. I'm not going to say it, so I don't set off everyone's Amazon Echo. <laughs> but, like, where you go, like echo intruder alert and like she turns all the lights red and plays like some metal song to oh my gosh I And mean, you gotta get out your
1: red lightsaber in the background you
0: have to 100% like I would spend some time doing some theatrical nonsense to scare the bejeebers out of
1: them I don't know I wouldn't do anything super elaborate I, I'm not nearly as creative as, as an eight-year-old in second grade I would that's just... the thing
0: man you got nothing but imagination when you're eight years old
1: and you got two hours before your intruders come as if you couldn't call the cops in that time Right? But you know. You can't though. The phones are down. The phones are down. Walk somewhere. He walked to Santa Claus for crying out loud. Walked to the police station. He walked to the store. He walked to talk to Santa. You're telling me he can't walk to the police station? Come on. Which, oh my gosh,
0: that reminds me. Wes and I were marveling at the practical effect of this kid walking home from the store with his grocery bags and the bottoms falling out from underneath them. Mm -hmm. Loved it. We were going, we're watching that and we're like, how did they do that? How did they time that? How did they you do that know? practical effect? Because it was hilarious. Please tell me I've been
1: spiraling about it and I haven't got a no, chance no, no. to look it up. You want to believe the most the most unbelievable thing about this film was to me? Hear me Please out. Please tell me. Kevin says he doesn't know what to pack, right? He's like, I don't know what to pack in a suitcase. Well, yeah, because this... his mom would always pack his suitcase no, for him. Audrey, hear me out. Why does this kid, kid dress better than me? You're going to sit there and tell me he's not on a pack and he's wearing (laughs) button-ups under these nice sweaters and khakis? (laughs) Get out.
0: the 90s man everyone was well dressed in the winter time
1: and he can't pack his bag but he can dress that nice his pajamas look nice are you kidding me upper his middle pajamas class Pajamas
0: look nice he does that was absolutely hilarious he's got these cute little flannel pajamas with his like nice plush robe around them because that, <laughs> that, that was me? the funny part of the costume department that was the funny part of the costuming department was they dressed him like he is, like, An a adult. middle-aged man yeah. fighting off burglars. It's actually <laughs>
1: like, really it's, a great detail.
0: It's so good. Like, the belts around the pans and everything. It's a oh, great my gosh.
1: detail. It's a great detail. You nailed it by saying that.
0: It's mm-hmm. obviously
1: on purpose because I sat there the whole film and was like, "Why He knows how to dress better than me. Why? Well, this man is creative. He literally goes shopping by himself. He went to the store. He got fabric softener. He got fabric softener. Get out softener. of here. I got milk, eggs, bread, and fabric softener. Well, it, what what too is interesting to me is, you like I think that is also a testament to Macaulay Culkin as an actor is, and I think, honestly, Daniel Radcliffe as well, I'm going to say this too, is they have their kids with adult minds. So even like mm-hmm. when, when Kevin is sitting in the church with Murphy, that almost feels like a discussion between adults. That's not something a kid would talk to you about. It gives you the idea that Kevin is an old soul, old soul. And I feel the same Which, way when we get into the second film of Home Alone 2, it kind of continues. He he's a big-brained 8-year-old. Mhm.
0: Um, it's interesting that you say that because I think I agree with you. It is a testament to Macaulay Culkin as an actor because Joe Pesci said made the same comment about Macaulay Culkin and working with him and he said that um this kid he's like that's that's not a a nine-year-old because he was nine at the time of filming he's like Mm -hmm. that's not a nine-year-old kid like that is a middle-aged man in a nine-year-old's body like he really was just like a grown-up kind of kid and that's how he talked and that's how he related to people and I think that they translated that into the character very well and that he was probably very well casted to fit the role
1: 100% agree 100% how are we at 48 minutes I feel like we've talked about nothing (laughs) Uh, because us. okay okay next question because I have have one more what well, actually I have two. Wait, uh, before you wait, what? I have two-ish questions. One in one and a half. Okay, what? Um, first one, what was your favorite booby trap?
0: My favorite booby trap? Oh. Okay, so this is so dumb. This is so like how how weak my constitution has become as an adult. There are some that really made me like a little bit like not nauseated, but a little bit like skin crawly. Mm-hmm. Um like the the M burned into Joe Pesci's hand on the doorknob, mm-hmm. like that. I don't like hand horror. I don't like the hand burning scene How in Indiana Jones either. It is like a weird thing for me, and I don't like it. And it like that one just gave me the willies. Um, same with like the nail on yep. the stairs. That's the one for me too. Um, a quiet place. Any. It was, like, the same thing, the same shy and everything. And, like, I, I didn't even watch it. I knew it was coming. And I was like, no. And I covered my eyes.
1: Any kind of foot injury makes my skin crawl just because I've had one of my own. Like, for right, instance. so like,
0: sensitive. The underside of your foot's so sensitive.
1: I, like, so this weekend, man, I'm basically giving away what I do. I was in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Quarterback Trevor Lawrence got his ankle sprained. <laughs> and watching like, how is it Mandy on Jackson screen away what, you do? what it does watching it on the big screen as it was happening i just oh i couldn't i was like mm we're looking away and i just felt so bad not going into more detail oh, but like it's just i feet injuries mm can't do them can't do them can't do a lot of injuries but like anything with the foot makes me squeamish
0: yeah no um, so that being said, there were some that were not my, like, they were my absolute least favorite, and I have, I have thus named them. Um, my fa- okay, no, I, ha- I do have a, an answer for this, because it was the one that made me laugh the absolute hardest, and it was both of the burglars walking into the foyer and slipping on the Hot Wheels cars. Classic. That one got me. I was cackling. Like it was true slapstick comedy. I was mm-hmm. literally like slapping my knee, laughing at that prank. I think Because here's here's why I liked that one the most, because it was so relatable. Mm-hmm. It was so relatable because like we've I feel like that was so realistic, especially having grown up with like my brother like Hot Wheels cars, I like Hot Wheels cars, my cousin had a whole collection of Hot Wheels cars, and they were just always everywhere and so you were always going to step on one so it was so, so completely stepping, relatable honestly like, just as bad I, as stepping on a lego it's like it's so bad because then it moves
1: yep oh so that was my favorite prank was the hot wheels cars what was yours um i would say the nail as much as i hate it is very clever especially if you can't see it in the dark um huh. but i think my favorite for some reason is always when Uh, what's, uh, I don't even know what the, the Wet Bandits' names are. Marv
0: and, hold on. Marv is the tall
1: guy. Marv, that's the one I need to know. Marv. Okay. When he steps inside the house... Into the Through the window and steps on all the ornaments. I don't know why that one. I'm just like, why wouldn't you look down first? But they're dumb. What, they're Wes stupid.
0: loves that one, too. It's like, and it's also because of, like, the force that he
1: stamps his yes! feet down onto those ornaments. Yes! He just fully, like, <laughs> just full flat-footed, all those ornaments. Like, oh, my God. And you know <laughs> ornaments feet. in the 90s were made of glass because we were dumb. Mm-hmm.
0: So I'm watching that and I'm like, that. Like the for the practical effect, I'm like, that's got to be sugar glass.
1: But it's that could still really hurt.
0: so Well, no, they make it, so like, it's an old cowboy trick that they did for like old westerns. They make that kind of stuff out of sugar glass and it's it, it like, you, you could throw your whole body through it. That's how they threw people through
1: windows oh, in I know. old cowboy But movies, even so if the, the piece doesn't break, the pieces could still break in a way that hurts. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: Mm, okay, I can, I can understand that. You know I don't know, I mean, I'm going to have to do some more it's, research it's on sugar glass.
1: Hurt. It would still hurt a little bit.
0: That was like, that, that's what made me think of the dog toys thing, was, was Kevin putting the ornaments down, and I'm like, well, I don't want to sacrifice my Harry Potter ornaments, so dog toys it is.
1: Um, my last question for you is, as per usual, what's your favorite line or scene?
0: Mm, my favorite scene... My favorite scene is, like, the realist scene in the movie, and it's Kevin and his neighbor, like, old man Marley, at the church. Murphy. Murphy. Was it Murphy or Marley? Hold on. Murphy. No, Murphy is the neighbor. Murphy's the neighbor's house. That's the little kid who comes over and they mistake for Kevin. I'm oh. looking at IMDb right now, and it says his name is Marley.
1: Well, I messed that up the whole time. My bad, Marley. <laughs>
0: his name is only Well, because there, there is somebody named Murphy. When he gives the address for his, he gives his neighbor's address, and it's the Murphy's the, house.
1: Is Mur- Is Murphy the burglar?
0: No, that's Marv, and then the other and Joe Pesci's character's name is Harry. Harry, thank you. Which they totally gave like hundred and one Dalmatian burglar vibes. Do they not? Yeah, they do. They definitely, definitely, definitely do. <laughs> I love Hunter One Dalmatians. Um, I had a question for you. And this was a writing question because I get to the end of this movie, and I like I was in I was in tears at the end of this mm-hmm. movie seeing his other neighbor like get to reconcile with his family and his family comes over for Christmas and they have presents with them, by Yay. the way they, like, I don't know. It just makes you wonder, like, okay, did they reconcile and, like, frantically go bring, like, buy presents to were bring they, like, to his house for Christmas? Or did they have them? Did they have them and, and maybe hope? And probably, if we're being honest here, I bet the wife had them because wives mm-hmm. think like that. Yeah. <laughs> they're prepared. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to get a present for him just in case so we can be prepared. And if not, like, I'll do the sad thing and I'll return it. But I'm going to have them. I'm going to have right. them just in case. Right. And it just made my heart so warm. And so I'm watching this movie because I'm thinking about like, what is the overarching plot of this movie? What is the point of this movie? Because, and all of this is prefacing a question, I promise. Um, Because Kevin's character, Kevin's character, I feel like learns, he learns some stuff. He learns how to be independent, but that wasn't his problem to begin with. His problem was what he mentioned when he was in the church. He's like, I've been kind of a pain recently. Um, but there's not any resolution on that when his family comes home. And also, like his family, right. as far as we know in the movie, has no idea of everything that he's been no, through. He cleans they come home, up like, the
1: whole house. He
0: cleans- yeah, exactly. They have no idea. And I mean like they'll probably eventually find out because a police report was filed at their residence and the police are gonna come to follow up, obviously. But No, the like, police didn't come to his
1: residence. They were across the street, remember? Yeah, they did. They
0: came to ooh, you're
1: right. He gave them a he gave them the Murphy address. He gave them the
0: neighbor's address because that's where he winds up. He like zip lines out of his they house go to and then Florida. Cuz they go to
1: the Murphy's house.
0: Yeah, the Murphy, so, the Murphy boys yeah, family so go to Florida. Like, his parents like may well never know and I've never seen the sequel, so I don't know if they ever do find out, but like they have no reason to ever know what he's been through. So this family gets home to basically the same little snot kid that they left behind, as far as they on the know.
1: Floor.
0: And right. And then basically, like the only thing they say is like, Hey Kev, pretty cool of you not to burn the house down while
1: we were gone. That's it. That's the That's only it. resolution. It bothers That's me too. It.
0: Right, so, so, I'm glad that you noticed that, because then I'm like, okay, so if there's no character resolution there, where is their character resolution in this movie? And it's with the neighbor, old man Marley. Mm -hmm. And so, my question is, is this movie really just secretly about the old man neighbor, but as told through the eyes of Kevin, like, a la Great Gatsby?
1: I don't think so. There's not enough of him in this film. I want you to say Yes. (laughs) I'm giving you my no, opinion not. and you can tell me yours, Dieter. Um, <laughs> uh, I I like the touch of Marley because he's showing you... Marley is there to show Kevin why family is important. Despite the anger and despite, you know, the differences. And mm-hmm. I will say, as far as family goes, there are times where you have to protect your peace and your love. And you, you absolutely, if you have to distance yourself from family or friends that do not bring you love and peace, that's totally fine. 100%. But that wasn't what
0: happened in this movie. They had a fight with each other and have just been too stubborn to reconcile ever since. Or
1: talk it out. Right. Right, right, right. And so, depending... But I think, you know, Marley is there to show Kevin, like, okay, he's there to kind of be the voice of reason for Kevin. And yes, I think, you know, obviously the film ends on Marley's resolution, which is wonderful. But then the whole... Movies about Kevin, but he he does come he does come to a sort of resolution at least with his mom. Like, okay, I love my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom is fair. Cause she, he was he was awful the to worst her to her
0: so for no reason. I mean, there was a point when he like she she's hauling him upstairs and she goes get upstairs and he goes I am upstairs, dummy. I'm oh, like, Ooh, if that had been my kid, corporal punishment. Uh-uh. Corporal punishment.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been no. like try again.
0: No. No child of mine talking to me like that. Mm-mm, no. And Goodness. yet, I, and yet if and I that's what have, she does. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. She
0: stays so calm, like Mother of the Year Award to this woman. <laughs> How many kids she
1: got? Four. She's gotta be. I think there's a three. There's no. I think she's got five.
0: Because he says all of their names at the end. He says all of their names at the end. I think there's like five or six of them or something. Well, some like there's a of lot them... of kids because there's there's eleven total that go. Eleven kids yeah. total that go on the trip a lot of babies so she has a lot of children
1: all right well what's your answer on that what's your answer
0: i'd like to think that yeah like the movie is secretly just about marley as told through kevin's eyes um because i could make the counterpoint to what you said that maybe kevin is actually there to remind marley just how important family is and how important it is to be brave he needs to be told by somebody who he's unguardedly listening to because what voice is truer than that of a child's that's true honestly reconcile with his family
1: i think they both help each other in the end in that matter they both help each other 100% do what they both need Mm -hmm. at that time he he needs to reconcile with his kids and he and kevin needs to reconcile with his mother and mostly his mother Mostly his mother, yeah, because he was the worst to her. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. like, you're going to fight with your siblings, and he didn't really have much of a negative interaction with his dad, but his mom was the one that he was the snottiest to. For no
1: reason. For no, like, for granted, no, for could no she, reason, could she being really, a snotty eight-year-old. Could she really listen to him? Yeah. But granted, she's doing everything at this point, even paying for the dang pizza. Like, how many adults mm-hmm. passed the, the pizza boy was like, oh, someone else will take care of
0: it? The- Get out but of dad here. Dad fully talked to him and then just like invited them in and were like, Here, come have pizza. Didn't pay the guy. <laughs> Ugh.
1: And why is Uncle Frank just like, Oh, my brother can pay it. Man, Uncle Frank, you are the mm-hmm. worst.
0: Argues about the price. He's like, That seems a bit much, doesn't it? And he's like, yeah, What did he say? Like 10 pizzas at $12 each or something? And that's how I'm that it. That like, large pizza being $11? $11,
1: 11 something? <sighs> Not in this day and age. Right.
0: I was thinking about Maybe that. Maybe Domino's. Maybe Domino's. Like low-key plug for Domino's <laughs> is exactly what I was thinking out. Carry out any size for $7.99. Like
1: Domino's is a real one. Thank you, Domino's, for feeding me you, on some like, very real, <laughs>
0: poor nights. Domino's needs to sponsor this episode because shout out to them for real. They're the real ones. Especially like the the two for six ninety nine deal. We get that all the time. Mm. It's the only way I can con my husband into eating a pan pizza. <sighs> oh, man, oh one
1: more over. one more thing. I have to point Which it out because to I love it. Domino's thing. <laughs> Small detail, stupid has nothing to do with the story, but the way it. the driver, the pizza boy driver, kept driving like a lunatic. <laughs> Did you notice his windows? Yes, he had like a single little like circle,
0: a little defrosted out of the circle over
1: ice, so he could see. And I was like, no wonder he keeps hitting the statue, because oh my god, I was like, I know Chicago <laughs> people drive crazy, but that man, I was like, that okay. is giving first car oh first gosh. job vibes
0: right driving like some old beat up Volkswagen rabbit mm-hmm. to his pizza delivery job oh my gosh that cracked me up so much that was my favorite film i thought that was so him him running over the little, like, statue every single time got... Like, I was dying. I don't know why I found that so funny. It's just, like, traditional slapstick comedy. And I love old-school slapstick comedy mm. when it's done right. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I miss slapstick comedy. Everyone go back to slapstick, please.
1: Mm, sometimes.
0: Um Sometimes. No. Not all the time. But please bring back more slapstick. I love it. It's just pure. It's pure. It's pure comedy. It's pure. Um... Which reminded me, since we were talking about how old Macaulay Culkin was, I did want to bring up one thing that I saw, which I thought was just hilarious. Um, so, according to like a, a trivia note on IMDb, Macaulay Culkin was only allowed to work on set five hours a day because of child labor laws. Good for them. The crew planned out scenes around his schedule and then just put him on camera alone a lot. Okay. So let's. you have, like, all these scenes with him alone, and then you have, like, those close-ups where he's making a, a face or something. They would just film all of those kinds of things back to back so that they could maximize the amount of time they were allowed to have him work. That's smart. Right? Just so interesting. And now I'm wondering, I'm like, how does today Hollywood do it? Do they still have to abide by child labor laws, or do they not they apply to
1: actors? They do. You can, you can still only work so many hours, but I think it's way more than five.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's way more than five now. I think it just has to be, like, less than... If I remember correctly, I think it has to be, like, less than, I want to say, like, 16 in a week. I don't know. So you could totally get your filming schedule done in a very realistic fashion if you maximize that. I don't know. Am I, like, low-key shining a light on, like, Hollywood child labor law abuse? I'm going to go do some research on this. Oh, that's all I have for you. That's
1: do you all have, I have anything for you. else
0: for me? that's it. No, that's all I have for you. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. What are we doing next week? What are we what doing, doing next
1: week? week? Is it 34th on Miracle Street? <laughs> is it a 34 Jars of Miracle Whip? Nobody knows this joke, oh. but we were talking before the podcast, and we were like, Oh, what's the one next week? And me being, you know, ridiculously tired, said the whole movie backwards.
0: <laughs> 34th on Miracle Street? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which I think is absolutely perfect, because I don't know if you noticed this, if we're talking about tiny details in this movie... The original 1947 Miracle on 34th Street plays several times throughout this movie.
1: Does it? I love that.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, it does, which is interesting because John Hughes wrote the screenplay for the 1994 remake
1: of the movie. I love that. That's awesome. I right? wonder not that wow, interesting. Wow, he has a little Easter egg. How funny.
0: He has a little Easter egg for his own work. So, very appropriately, next week's episode is going to be on the black and white version of the 1947 Christmas classic, Miracle on 34th Street. Woohoo! Which I'm so excited for. I'm excited with for With Maureen O'Hara. So, um, that concludes our episode on Home Alone. Next week we're doing um, Miracle on 34th Street, the 1947 version. It is available in black and white, I believe, on Disney+. Plus. Um... I believe it's on Disney Plus. I believe it's also on Amazon. So make sure to be back here next Friday to tune in. Roll credits. Cinematic Pulse is edited and produced by Cherie Jackson. The episodes and theme are written and performed by yours truly. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and you can find Cinematic Pulse on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please consider supporting us by becoming a member of our Patreon, where you can get access to show notes, vote on our upcoming episodes, and get exclusive downloads of our episode art. Thank you so much for listening, because we just checked your Cinematic Pulse.